Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kate Cabot, Ashley Bastock. It is the bye week, so we decided let's do something we haven't done in a while. I actually haven't done one of these in a long time uh, because you two have done these while I've been off. So it's it's actually been a long time since I've gotten to do one of these. So we went to our Football Insider subscribers, our texters, the blue banner at the top of the page at cleveland.com slash browns, as all of you know. Um, and we said... Hey, ask us anything. We want some non-football questions. Let's get into some weird stuff. Uh, A little teaser here. Our buddy Paxton Stiles from Chevrolet, Maryland, gave us a really good question. I'm excited to get to that uh, a little bit later. But we're going to start with an easy one. Bruce Moore from West Palm Beach, Florida. What's your favorite state to visit outside of Ohio? You got 49 to choose from here. So, All right. You want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. Go first. Okay. So um, I am going to say New York because. That's what I I was going to (laughs) say. Of course. Twins. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Because I just love going to New York City. I love New York City. And in fact, right now, um, my daughter actually, my youngest daughter just got approved for her apartment in New York City. Um, and she is gearing up to go there, to move there. And I'm really excited about this for her and also a little bit for myself too, because now I get to visit her. Um, but there's just something about the, the energy, the restaurants, the everything, the sh- the Broadway shows, which I absolutely love. And I know you do too, Ashley. Um, I, I just, I just love New York city. Uh, now, I, I do lo- also like going to, I could say Nevada, because I like going to Vegas and I like seeing the Cirque shows and stuff like that. But New York City is my favorite state slash city to go visit. Um, and I can't wait to get back there. It's been a while since I've um, tootled around in New York City and I can't wait to do it again. It's just so much fun. Yeah, that's the problem with it. It's like state. So, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm like an East where I guess we're all East coasters when it comes to this, like, you know, I love visiting like Boston and Philly and obviously those aren't States, but, um, you know, I would never say like Pennsylvania is at the top of my list, but you know, I like going to Philadelphia. That's a fun place to go. And, and, you know, Boston is one of my favorite cities to visit. I think though, if I had to pick one state, I do really like California. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, there's a lot. There's L.A., there's San Francisco. Now, I've never been to San Diego, but I hear San Diego's great. It feels to me like there's just a lot of great places. Like, if we're talking whole state, mm-hmm. I think California might be at the top of my list. Well, Dan, funny <laughs> you should bring that up. Uh, because uh, we are going to be spending some time 
in California. I don't know if our listeners know this yet, but uh, the Browns are going right from the Denver game Thanksgiving weekend straight out to L.A. to spend the week out there and prepare and practice out there at UCLA while they get ready to play the Rams. So you might even have an opportunity to go to San Diego uh, when when we're out there because, you know, it, you might as well take a day and do something like that if you've never seen uh, San Diego. It's pretty amazing. It really is. So as far as like the whole state is concerned, you're right. Uh, California is is pretty darn cool. I used to want to live there and uh, there, there's uh, so many reasons to want that. Actually, now that you mentioned that trip, I'm an idiot. It's Colorado. I think that's my answer. It's Colorado. Okay. All right. Denver. Denver's awesome. Boulder. If you've never been to Boulder, Boulder is great. Um, so I think my answer is probably Colorado. I talked you out of California. How did you I did. do that? <laughs> Somehow by, by selling me on how great California is, you talked me out of California. But I forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot about Colorado somehow. There's yeah, you're a Colorado there's... guy, by the way. Yeah. What, what clicked in his brain is he forgot he was going to California from Colorado. Yeah, yes, he said that. Exactly. That's what clicked, I think. But Ashley, isn't Dan just like the quintessential? <laughs> oh my Colorado god, guy? Dan is so Colorado, <laughs> right? He's so Colorado, absolutely. Mm. I could see yeah. him living like just being like a nomad in Colorado and being happy. Yeah, I would say Boulder. I would place him maybe in Boulder. Boulder's Boulder's great. I. <laughs> I went to a great pizza place in Boulder once. I don't remember what it was, though. So I can't even give people a good recommendation for that. But, um, you know, whatever. Boulder's great. Go to Boulder. Uh, okay, this comes from Steve in Medina. This one's a little bit more. Wait, we forgot Ashley. I thought no, Ashley mine said New York. York. Yeah, mine was oh, New York. Oh, oh, I, don't, oh, okay. I honestly don't have anything to add because it's for literally all the same reasons you said. Because we're the okay. same. Great. Well, we'll go there sometime <laughs> together, Ashley, and visit Cameron. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, because I haven't been since 2018, so I need to need to get back and and like Mary Kay said, love to see the shows out there and and do all that stuff. So I I love it. Okay, we're doing it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did say the next one was going to be more of it. I'm actually going to save that one because this one is a little travel uh, centric as well. So let's stick with the theme. Uh, Ed Raditz from Sandusky, Ohio. What NFL stadium is the most accommodating and best to work at? Which ones are your least favorite? How long are your hours on game day? They're long. (laughs) (laughs) As far as stadium arrival, pregame, and when finally all your work is done, including post-game story write-up and podcast. So, I'll take that last part. We generally all get to the stadium between like nine and ten. Um, now I was depending on the traffic was, situations yeah. in downtown Cleveland, which have been horrid this season yes. for some reason. Like they've been, it's normally bad. This has been especially awful. Yeah. It's horrible. Sunday, Sunday was bad, um, but normally we're there between nine and ten, and then. You know, when we get out of there, this is for a one o'clock game, obviously. When we get out of there, it kind of just depends. I think I left this past Sunday. We left at like a quarter bit. to 11 this past Yeah, it was like 10 30 or 11. Really and Mary Kay, yeah. yeah, Mary Kay was still there. Scott Petrak was still there. Um, so they're long. I mean, they're, they're long days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of inconvenient that, you know, in the middle of these work days, we have to sit there and watch a three and a half hour football game. That really, <laughs> that's what really makes the day long. Well, by the time I got in my car uh, to go home, it was almost like 1145. And I was thinking, you know, I had that omelet 12 hours ago. 
at the omelet station. The Browns have put in this lovely, amazing omelet station this year. Shout out. I don't know their names. We have to get their names because uh, the two women that make these omelets are absolutely phenomenal. They're amazing omelets. They they are amazing. I can, I can, like I need, now I'm going to have to go get an omelet somewhere today. That's how good they are. Like now I'm craving one. Um, But these women do such a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Uh, But it was funny because I I was, you know, I got in my car and I was thinking, dang, this was a long day. I had that darn omelet 12 hours ago and I had gotten to the stadium at, um, I think I probably got there at 930 because I knew I needed to be there early to watch uh, Deshaun Watson try to work out. Uh, So I I think I may have been in my seat by 930 a.m. You were there before I got there. Now, granted, again, I said I, I was a little late. I don't think I got there till ten thirty this week. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, normally, especially on the road, we're really good about getting there, like nine thirty. Yeah, on the road, we definitely get there early, like very early, just to make sure we're settled and everything. And okay. when I got in there, Chris Easterling, our friend from the from the Akron Beacon Journal, was already there. Chris had so. been there probably since nine p.m. the night before. For all we know. <laughs> right. Okay, so the other part of this was um, NFL Stadium most accommodating and best to work at. Um, Can I say, my sneakily, my favorite stadium, like in terms of the accommodations for us, I think, in the ones that I've been to, I really liked Atlanta. I mean, everything's like brand new. You have your own little TV screen right at your workstation. I forgot about the that. The food yeah. was amazing. But Houston has like the best food I think that I've ever seen at a stadium covering college, covering the big 10, covering the NFL. Houston has my favorite spread, but I think Atlanta with the accommodations for how we, you know, like in terms of the actual game, which that's what matters. Those (laughs) little TV screens are so key. Cause we, me and Mary Kay were talking about this on Sunday. Like, we can never look up and see a replay when we need it. Like it's always already happened or we're looking at the wrong screen. Those little TV screens are a lifesaver. Yeah, there are no screens for us to watch in the first row at Cleveland Brown Stadium. So we're at a disadvantage in terms of of replays. If they don't show it uh, up on the the scoreboard, we don't have a TV in front of us to watch replays there. And that's one of the things that I hope as we go forward, um, you know, that we can rectify that. We used to have uh, little TVs uh, that, that were like under the overpass outside of our window. Mm-hmm. We don't have those anymore. And I, I really, of course we need to see replays. Um, but I mean, they do so many things really, really, really well at Cleveland Brown stadium and they're getting way better. And the omelet station is just huge. The omelet station is amazing, but I feel like people might be wondering why am I like raving about the food in Houston? Cause it's so random. Like, I think I need to like set the scene from what I remember. Like they have a little candy bar with like all kinds of candies and nuts that it's like self dispensary. They had these like, candy shish kebabs with like houston branded marshmallows at the top they had a bunch like dozens and dozens of voodoo donuts where like i know we don't have a voodoo donuts in cleveland but i guess the cleveland comp if you've never seen those would be like brew nuts almost except no alcohol involved um and then like i don't even remember the normal food but it was all like from like local places and just i mean it was amazing like it was so good like texas barbecue like all that stuff Iconic. I love it. I'm obsessed. And, you know, by the time you get done uh, with a game in Houston, you really need some insulin and you have to, you you have to inject it as fast as possible because you've eaten so much sugar 
uh, by the end of the game. I mean, there is just sugar everywhere. I mean, it's Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's like it really any, everything you see is edible. You expect like Oompa Loompas to pop up from under <laughs> the table and start singing. It's unbelievable. Okay, so you know, for me, it's like like just give me a place to spread out after the game. Like, can I just is there some row I can go work in and like. I'm trying to think if we've ever had any good stadiums where it's like, oh, here's a great place to do a podcast. That's always the battle is like finding the place to do the video and finding the place to do the podcast. But um, for the most part, they're all fine. Like they're all, they all, it's what we need. And the replay thing is like, that's like league wide. It feels like if, you know, they sit us in the front row, which is awesome, but you're straining your neck to see a TV. It's, it's tough, but first world problems, I guess. Go, go ahead, Mary Kay. I, I was going to say that I, I wanted to give a shout out. I mean, there are some glitzy new stadiums that we love. And and, and SoFi uh, is certainly not the least of, of them. I mean, SoFi is amazing. I, I love it. It is so high tech, so modern. Everything about it is so cool. But we have to give a shout out to the AFC North stadiums. Those guys do such a good job with, with everything just in terms of uh, accommodations, elevators, food. I mean, they really do a nice job. Sometimes it's really hard uh, to get from, as Ashley can attest to, the press box to the locker room like it was in Atlanta. Remember that, Ashley, when we were doing that the That is mat- the one negative about Atlanta <laughs> is the visiting locker room is basically across the stadium, and that's when Mary Kay and I ran across oh. Mercedes-Benz Stadium across the field, and I did not have the foresight to take video of it. But we literally oh. did ran 100 yards. We ran from yeah. Enzo Denso. We ran far. We did, the, we did like somebody should have timed us in the 40, and I had high heels on, as I always do. And uh, so I gotta, I've got to remember not to wear heels to Atlanta. I will say, yeah, the AFC North, like Pittsburgh stands out to me in terms of that journey being very easy. Yeah. And they, they all do a really good job. I mean, think about the spread in Cincinnati. It's breakfast and lunch. And then there's all kinds of great, great halftime food. And, you know, there, there are elevators. That's another important thing. I mean, it's hard sometimes to find an elevator to get down uh, to the locker room and it's and it can be very very stressful because you have to try to beat it we have to hit a zero story uh, immediately and we call them zero stories because it has to be up the minute the game ends so good luck if there's a game-winning field goal or you know <laughs> game-winning touchdown pass uh, as time expires but uh, you know so we have to have those done and then you know haul behind down to the locker room and it's very very challenging at times and stressful but I think the AFC North teams all do a really, really nice job of, um, of you know, feeding us, getting us down to the elevator, you know, getting us down to the locker room and just doing a really nice job with all that. Yeah, they're all older stadiums at this point, but honestly, they're probably the easiest stadiums to get out of. Like, I've never gotten mm-hmm. lost. And part of it is because I know my, you know, we go to them every year, but I've never gotten lost getting out of one of those stadiums. They're all pretty easy to find your way out of, which is a big like that's a big deal too to be able to find your way out of a stadium at night. That's a big deal. But um, listen, we get free food. We're watching football. We're doing okay. Yeah, they're long days, but we're doing all right. You know what the Browns do the best job of of anyone in the NFL? The absolute hands down best job. And I don't know why more teams don't do this. They are so good at this. When they get done transcribing a coach or a quarterback or a player, they email the quotes to us immediately. Most teams, and I don't know why they think this is helpful or useful, the teams that provide quotes 
often don't put them up until hours after the game or they'll wait and get them all and they'll email them out. We need them as fast as possible. And everybody in the NFL should follow the Browns lead on that. They do a phenomenal job with that. They have the cleanest. This is getting real deep now. They have the cleanest transcripts too. Sometimes yes. we get these other, sometimes the transcripts are a little off. Like you'll be like, wait, no, he didn't say that, that those words are wrong. So yeah, yeah they, they do a good job with that. Um, okay. Quick break here. And we'll get to some more Ask Us Anything questions. All right, welcome back to our Friday Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. Here's one that I know we always touch on. Uh, Jeff Sapisi from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. How about streaming recommendations? Um, and he says not the usual big name suspects. He actually mentions a show he's watching, Reservation Dogs, which I've heard great things about. My brother-in-law loves that show. I have not really dug into it yet, but I've heard it's awesome. I think it just ended recently or it's ending soon. Um, so I got to check that one out. Streaming recommendations. I, I'll, I've been watching. This is an older one. Not super old, but um, I've been watching Eastbound and Down on HBO. It's that Danny McBride show where oh, he's the, I love the baseball a good player. Danny McBride show, which is why I'm trying to get Dan into Righteous Gemstones well, because I know he will be obsessed with it. I was going to start watching that, but then I'm like, no, I haven't finished Eastbound and Down. So I'm, I'm kind of going through, I'm going to finish that and then I'm going to move on to Righteous Gemstones. But yeah, that's, that's the one that I've been watching. Uh, recently which is great because it's funny it's short it's it's like perfect for football season actually well i haven't really been watching much of anything lately and i need to get back into some really really good series but i mean and i guess you would consider barry to be pretty mainstream at this point but uh barry was just so good i mean barry was just so good um so i i would recommend that to to anyone who who hasn't ventured into the crazy barry waters I think for me during football season, it's really important to have something mindless that I can like dissociate for a couple hours while I watch it. And so at night, a lot of times what I do is I will watch Gilmore Girls because that's my favorite show. I've talked about it on here before. But guys, in the last like two years, I have become a Bravo watcher, which I've tried to get Mary Kay on this journey specifically because of the Vanderpump Rules drama. Um... I believe everybody has to go on the Bravo, their Bravo journey in their own time. You can't be bullied <laughs> into it. You you have to find it in your own time. It came into my life exactly when it needed to, and it is perfect. So if people are wa- wondering what I watch on Bravo, I, I pretty much stick with the Real Housewives franchises and then Vanderpump Rules. So I have seen all of Orange County. That was like a binge that took me a year. There's like 17 seasons of Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, I've seen all of Salt Lake, which is on right now and is objectively an insane show. It's like they just gave some PAs iPhones and said, here are these very rich women in Salt Lake City. Just press record and see what happens. And it's great. It's mindless. I'm also watching the new Real Housewives of New York right now, which is also crazy. I've never seen the original iteration of that show, but they recasted it. It's great. It is honestly just dumb fights and dumb problems and you don't have to focus on it hundred percent and it's perfect. I'll do it. I'll jump in there, Ashley. <laughs> I'm going to do it. The Vander- I- If you start with Vanderpump rules this season, that's good. Lots of drama to keep you hooked. Okay. So, so there's one on uh it's on max. There's a docu series. It's like three episodes called telemarketers. 
Oh yeah, was, Stan and I was both really watched good. this. And Here's the thing. They lost me the last episode. Yeah, I didn't love the last episode. It was fine, but whatever. Um so Sean, one of the videographers from Channel Three, um, has been telling me I need to watch this Pez documentary some like Pez collectors documentary on Netflix. So I've got that on my list too. He keeps telling me that I got to watch that. So there is uh, a new anybody, Netflix. If anybody knows about that, uh, that's on my list. There's another Netflix docu, like four episode, I think docu series that I know my mom started watching and I want to start watch. It's called encounters. And it's all about like supposed extraterrestrial encounters from around the world. And honestly, a lot of times space freaks me out, but I feel like I'm in the mood to be a little freaked out right now thinking about aliens. So I think I'm going to watch that next. Oh, that'd be cool. I would like that. Okay, let's go back to game day because this one just came in as we're recording. It comes from Rod Sauer in Athens, Ohio. And you guys might be surprised by this because I actually do have like a game day routine. Uh, Walk (laughs) us through your game day ritual. Any lucky shirts, special coffees? What time do you get to the stadium? We talked about that. Anything you have to do or not do. So I don't, you know, not like a lucky shirt thing or anything like that. But I do kind of have sort of a regimented game day, which is probably surprising. Um, But... Like, there's a certain time. This is for a one o'clock game. I got to get up at a certain time. I have coffee at home before I leave. Drive to the stadium. I want to get there at a certain time. This last Sunday, I was all thrown off. Here's the important one, though. It's the timing of the in-game coffee. That's really important. (laughs) Not halftime. Halftime's too early. So even though that's the most convenient, can't do it at halftime. It's got to be sometime late in the third quarter, but before the fourth quarter, because I don't want to have to get up during the fourth quarter. I want to be in my seat the whole fourth quarter. So when you guys see me get up with like three minutes left in the third quarter, that's the time. It's that it's that in-game coffee break, not break, but that in-game coffee. Very important that that comes at the right time. And then like we all eat at the same time. We all do, but I am kind of like my game days are pretty regimented to be honest it's it's kind of the one thing that i'm like kind of strict about dan you're gonna love going to seattle for the coffee i mean the you're just it's just (laughs) gonna be a coffee trip for you i remember one time uh, i ran into marla out walking around it was near the holiday season and we were both on we were both on such like a, a a coffee buzz that we like, we were like, our hearts were beating too fast. <laughs> You're like hearing uh, colors around you. Yeah. Seeing so, sounds. Yeah. Be ready for the coffee experience in Seattle. But that's a typical, that's a good Dan, uh, that's a good Dan game day ritual. But uh, before Ashley goes on this one, I'm, I'm just going to say the only real game day ritual that, that Ashley and I think, that I think Ashley and I really have, is that we get up at 8.30, we text each other, we realize we have nothing to wear, and then we go to our our fallback uniform, which is the faux leather black pants. It happens every week. I'm trying to break out of it a little bit. But, you know, one time I looked around and I realized, and and faux leather pants are, you know, they're, they're the new denim. Right now, they have been for the last couple of years. They're the new denim. It's what everybody wears. Uh, But I looked around one day in the, in the Browns locker room. And every single female that covers the Cleveland Browns, like five, six females that cover the Cleveland Browns, we all had on the faux leather black pants. Um, But basically, so that is, uh, Ashley, you might have other game day rituals, but for sure, it's an an 8.30 text between the two of us where we say, Mm -hmm. I've got nothing to wear. And then I say, I have nothing to wear. And then we put on the black faux leather pants. I mean, my favorite moment when I knew the pants had gone too far is when we had talked to Grant Delpit. I want to say it was after the Bengals game. 
Grant and I had the same outfit on. Like, <laughs> I mean, Grant's, I'm sure, was, Grant's very into fashion. Like, he's one of the the fashion week guys and stuff. So, number one, go us. But I said, Grant, we match. We had a black shirt on, black leather pants. Like, it was, we, you know, it was great. I was like, I've made it. This is great. That has definitely become one of mine. The leather pants are, they, they have to make an appearance, I think. They are so comfortable. They are my favorite. Um, other than that, I do, I have, this is the last two year thing. I have to work out the morning of the game because they're so long. I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed. If I don't ride the bike, ride the Peloton before I leave, I'm done. So I do wake up at like six 30 or seven for a one o'clock game just to do that. And then go about my morning like normal. So that's pretty much it. And yes, an hour and a half later, text Mary Kay about, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm wearing and inevitably wear the cycle through the same five pairs of pants that I've cycled through the last two years now. See, the, the workout thing for me is more of like a practice week practice thing. Like I have to do it like on practice days, game days. I usually don't, um, but I do need to have like that Good hour of like because... just quiet at my house before I drive into yeah. cleveland and all the chaos of or even you know whatever if i'm at if we're on the road that hour of like just calm in my hotel room or something it's, yeah. it's sort of like the not comparing myself to an nfl player but it's sort of like you know they have to have those quiet moments before they run out there on the field and, and go go play a game of course my my job is not nearly as physically taxing as, as Dan has to have those quiet moments before he sits down at his laptop and watches them exert all that energy for three and a half hours. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Ashley, this is one that you wanted to answer. Um, I'd like to know whether each of you are Barbie or Oppenheimer or Barbenheimer. Thanks, Stacy and Columbus. And I have to admit, Stacey. I have not seen either of these movies yet i had intended to go see the barbie movie uh with my daughter but the browns decided to go to the green briar and she went when i was gone so i haven't seen either movie so i don't even know if i can answer this question stacy lucky for you i did barbenheimer the way god intended it well i was convinced i'm like you know all these jokes about which one do you see first and do all that so a little background these movies technically were released on the Friday that Dan and Mary Kay left for the Greenbrier. I did not go to the Greenbrier until halfway through. So I was still at home. The Browns didn't have practice until the next day. So there wasn't anything to do that Friday night. I saw, saw I almost said Barbenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer on Thursday night because they had Thursday night showings in preparation for the Friday release. And I was like, I can't do both of these on the same day because I can't be gone for like eight hours would not expect some news to happen. I was just anticipating it. And one of my dear, dear friends, it was her birthday. So she wanted to see Barbie the night it came out. So I'm like, perfect. I have my Barbie ticket that I bought weeks ago. I'm going to go to Oppenheimer alone, which is a wild choice. And I think it was important to see Oppenheimer first and then decompress with Barbie and understand that Barbie was created in a post-atomic bomb world. That was kind of how I looked at it. They don't connect, but they kind of weirdly do. And I think what was most interesting to me is both movies, I thought, like lived up to the hype. I thought there was a danger in one of these not being as good as we thought. Particularly, I thought that Barbie could kind of have that fate. It was so good. I know it's kind of just a giant advertisement for Mattel, but it was like a really smart movie. I thought it was so creative. I thought what makes it especially is Ryan Gosling just going for it and committing to the bit as Ken. So for that reason, 
I do think if I had to pick between the two, Barbie all the way. But Oppenheimer was so good. Like, I need to see it again because, I mean, it is a three-hour movie and the way it the, it kind of ends and who it focuses on, really interesting. Well, I haven't seen either uh, movie <laughs> either because from the moment I landed at the Greenbrier on July 21st, uh, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything but cover Cleveland Browns. I haven't even seen or talked to my husband. People keep on saying, well, what did Bill say about this or that? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen Bill since July 20th. Um, we are, by the way, going away for this bye weekend together. So I am looking forward to uh, getting reacquainted with my husband. Um, but we uh, we haven't seen either movie. But I, I really am more attracted to... Um, funny that I should use that word, uh, attracted to seeing Oppenheimer because I really like Killian Murphy from Peaky Blinders, um, loved Peaky Blinders. And I, I just, I adore him to the point where I named, um, uh, my, my cat Shelby from Thomas Shelby. So, um, so that's the one that I would prefer to see, but my daughter keeps telling me that I will love the Barbie movie as well. So I want to see both. You got to really sell me on a three hour movie. Like you gotta really, you gotta yeah, really so, sell me on that. It is funny too because there were all these jokes after when it first came out, and it is so true. And this isn't a spoiler, but like people were clamoring like to see this in IMAX, right? Like thinking if you're gonna see it, like you, you got to see it the way Christopher Nolan intended, and there's gonna be all this action. This movie's mostly people talking for three hours. Like you do not have to see it in IMAX, in my opinion. Do not spend the extra dollars if you haven't seen it. I think quite honestly, like. It was cool to see on the big screen, but Dan, I think you can get away with streaming both of these and and being okay, quite honestly. I don't think it's the end of the world. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's squeeze another break in here, and let's get to some more questions on the other side. And back once again on an Ask Us Anything edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I thought this one was kind of fun. I got to find it here real quick. It comes from the 480 area code. If you wrote a non-sports book, what would be the topic and why? I, I can tell you what I would write because I've thought about this already. Um, it would be little. It would be called Little Things That Work For Me. Just a bunch of little, like a, self, like a self-help book. Yes, little things that work for me in terms of being a mother, being a daughter, being a friend, being, um, you know, health, wellness, working out, um, you know, anything. Just but a bunch, just a bunch of little little things, right? I mean, not just big, huge, monumental things, but. You know, all the little stuff that I try to tell my kids and all the little adages and, and just um, just little tiny pieces of, of advice on how to move through your day and move through your life. And uh, I've, I've often thought that I would like to write that book. That is so good. I love that idea. You should write that book. Hey, okay. yeah, I, think, I think people would buy that. I think you've, yeah. I think you've done it. You've cracked the code here. Yeah. You think so? Should I yeah. do it? People would buy that book. Mary Kay's, okay. I don't know what to call it, but I don't know. I have to come up with a title of some kind. Um, I'm not sure what I would write about. Like the easy one is like music, right? You would just pick like some band or something. Yeah. Write, like, uh, or like that. I mean, that's the really easy one. I'm trying to, I don't know. I, 
all I know about is sports. That's all. <laughs> all. The only thing I know enough about to write about is sports, unfortunately. Stan's Pearl Jam book coming coffee. out. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Dan, you can write a coffee book, a little coffee, oh, um, yeah. you know, guide to Cleveland coffee. Oh, yeah, that'd be see, fun. there you go. I could that'd do something be fun. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking for mine, I have a couple ideas. Like Taylor Swift was like the one thing I thought of, right? I think I could get away with that. I think I read enough, like, because I, I do try to read, like, every night. It's just kind of like a decompressing thing. I don't read much every night. Like, it takes me weeks to finish any single book. But I think I've, like, read enough. I call them target book aisle books, where, like, they don't take a lot of mental energy. But I think I've read enough of them that I kind of have the formula down and could write one and make, like, a nice little, you know, it's not quite like a romance novel, but, like, something like that, thinking in that vein there. Um, or I think this is a really good one. My advice book, how to be a bridesmaid, because you guys know (laughs) I've been a bridesmaid a lot. Listeners might know. Sometimes I disappear from the podcast for a week or two. It's probably because I was in a wedding. I have three upcoming weddings within the next six months. I want to say doing the math here. Yeah. Six months. I'm a bridesmaid in two. I'm a maid of honor in one for my cousin. And that's nine total weddings for me. Like we are coming dangerously close to 27 dresses. I am a very good friend and very nice, but I know all the tips and tricks. My friends, Marissa, who is getting married actually in less than three weeks from now, um, the wedding that I'm in the week of the Colts game and not attending the Colts game because of, um, and she was texting me yesterday about her dress fitting. And she's like, Oh, like I, can you possibly come? And I couldn't cause we had interviews and stuff. She had another bridesmaid with her and she's like, she has to learn how to do the bustle. And I'm like, what kind of bustle are we talking? Do you got hooks? Do you got the loops? Do you got the ties? I've done them all. Dan's sitting here probably doesn't even know what a bustle is. A lot of our (laughs) listeners probably don't know. It's basically how they hold the train of the dress up. It connects to itself, essentially. I know all that. I know what you need the day of. I know what should be in your emergency kit. I know how to act and like not, you know, you don't stress the bride out. You just kind of go along with whatever. If you're sitting in the makeup chair five minutes before you have to leave, which has happened to me, you just say, everything's fine. Just make sure you color in my eyebrows and put some mascara on. It's all good. I would like some false lashes if you have time. All you need to do. I'm, I'm an expert on knowing what you need to spend money on, what you don't, all that. I think this could be a hit, really, for the 20-somethings. Well, Ashley, it's funny that you should say that because, yes, you could absolutely write uh, the 27 Dresses uh, book and the Guide to Being a Bridesmaid. But Dan and I, now I'm thinking about it, we could write, um, you know, like the 57 uh, weddings that our our fellow beat writer has been in over the last four years. Because before we had you, we had Ellis. And every time we looked and there was a hole in the podcast over there where you're sitting right now, Ellis was also in a wedding. So <laughs> we just caught you guys at that right it's time of life. Beat writers. It's like right? the mid to late 20 something beat writer. I mean, I wonder phenomenon. which one of you two uh, have been in more weddings. I've never seen anything you know, like Ellis, it. Ellis, Ellis had a good run there for a while. Oh Ellis my God. And I did talk about this at the combine in, it, would, it wasn't this past year's combine. It would have been 2022. And I think I had him beat, but Ellis will need to fact check me on this. He'll need to fact check me. Yeah, we we should we should ask him, and and you guys are uh, definitely 
tied or or very close to each other. I mean, I've made the joke eventually because I have a couple other friends who have gotten engaged and have not asked me yet, but if they have bridal parties, I would not be surprised to be asked. I'm, as always, never offended if I'm not asked. But I'm like, if I have like even one more person ask me to be a maid of honor, like my wedding party might just have to be people who have had me be their maid of honors. I might have to say sorry to the only bridesmaid people. It's not personal, but like I have to find a husband who has a lot of friends is the thing. You can't be a friendless guy just doing your own thing. You got to have a lot or I'm going to force some of my friends on you or some of their husbands on you. There you go. All right. Wow. That took a turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. You can't help it. It's, it's a lot. This bridesmaid stuff is a lot. It's a lot of stress. I, I get it. I get it. that would, um, I, I would read that book just so I could learn what all of those things that you mentioned that I forgot about are. So there we go. <laughs> um, okay. This is the, this is what, this one's a little bit morbid. It comes from Stephen Medina. Uh, you have your last meal before you leave this earth. What would it be? And from what restaurant in Cleveland? People love good restaurant. This is basically just a restaurant recommendation uh, question. I have often thought of if I had one week to live, what would I, and I could choose one thing to eat for that last week. And I always come back to the same things. It would be some kind of a double chocolate cookie. It would be a cookie with big chunks or, or big chips of chocolate in it. And I would have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I would not be going to a steakhouse. I would not be going uh, and having that kind of a meal. I would be going to a bakery and I would eat as much chocolate as I possibly could. That's not a bad idea. That's, that's, so that, good. that's actually a good one. Like, I mean, honestly, what are you, what are you saving it for? I think along those lines, mine would be just a tour of Little Italy and just go to every restaurant in Little Italy, get like the pizza at Mama Santa's, do all like eat a pasta dish at like Mia Bella, do all that, and then end at Corbo's and eat an entire cassata cake because the Corbo's cassata <laughs> cake is like what to get at Corbo's. I do live basically like across the street almost from the Corbo's in downtown Cleveland. Um, that's sometimes dangerous having there. Like I do try to put out of my mind that it's there. And then one day I'll be like, oh yeah, Corbo's is right there. And if they're open, cause their hours are kind of wonky as, as hours in downtown can kind of be, um, I'll, I'll stop in and just get a little slice of cassata cake. But I, that cassata cake is just, oh my God, I can't say enough good things about it. Mm. That sounds really I'll, good. I mean, now I'll I'll tell I have an omelet and, and cassata cake today. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would just choose the omelet bar at Cleveland Brown Stadium. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there are worse ways to go out. <laughs> yes, love it. And and you guys know that I that because I, I kind of go back and forth, but sometimes I try to do more of like the high protein, low carby thing. It's not really working out very well right now. But I I gained a nickname of Triple Meat because of that. And at the omelet bar, I totally do the triple meat thing. So some ham in there, some chorizo. Last time there was a little bacon and then some spinach. So yeah, I go triple meat with the omelet bar. How about you guys? I did. Uh, yeah, I think I did triple meat. And I think Dan I did and I all combine the on one, one important factor, which is all the cheeses. You do all, all three the cheeses. cheeses. Feta, cheddar. And I think it's, is it, it's either a mozzarella or a provolone. I think it's, it's mozzarella. A, yeah, but I mean, you got to have all three cheeses, and it's great. The chorizo, too. I got the chorizo for the first time this past week. Um, really glad. That's going to be in the regular rotation. 
the bacon that they have in the omelet bar, I'm not a big fan of like the really, it's, you know, the, the finely chopped bacon. I don't like that as much in an omelet. I'd rather have it on the side. But then I typically go all the veggies on top of all the cheeses and the chorizo. Mm-hmm. So I'll do the spinach, the peppers, the tomato, the onion. It's great. I love it. Sometimes mushrooms. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. Okay, I'm going to throw one at you guys. This is mine. This is mine. My ask us anything. You're going to have to really rack your brains on this one, but since we're talking Uh-oh. food, and then we're going to get to the, the really fun question. So we'll do this one quick. But um, favorite road restaurant? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the one that I love. Like, this isn't really like a food thing. This is more of a vibes, a vibes thing. There's this place in Baltimore that we go to sometimes called Nick's Fish House. Mm-hmm. And they've got, of course, they've got the seafood and it's just kind of like this bar slash restaurant outdoors on the water. If it's like if we're if we go to Baltimore in September, it's like perfect. It's the best time to make that trip to Baltimore because the weather's still nice. You can go on the water. Um, so that's I don't know if that's number one on my list, but kind of off the top of my head, that's one that I'm like, oh, we're going to Baltimore. I wonder if we're going to make it to that place um, that this week. So it's not like a fancy but the the vibes are just immaculate on a September day in Baltimore on the water. So perfect. Mary Kay, I really liked that um, in Miami last year, that Asterio Romana place that you and I went to. We could not convince Dan to come out with us since we got to Miami later. And I think I was leaving and Dan was picking up DoorDash in the lobby at the same time while Mary it's Kay true. and I were... I do want to mention South Beach. I do want to mention I was the guest of the day at that hotel in he Miami. Was, by the and way. I checked in right behind him. You know how mad I was? They didn't even give me like a free bottle of water and Dan's name is on a little I felt got, letter board. I got like chocolates desk. and cookies and yeah, my yeah. name was there at the front desk. It was incredible. I don't know what I did, but I was, was the ridiculous. guest of the day. I was Good so mad. It was great though for Dan. But I really like that. And then the other place I like because it was a Marla recommendation and Marla has amazing restaurants for every city that we go to. Yep. It seems like if I don't know where to eat, I just ask Marla and Mary Kay and I went to Antica Posta in Atlanta, which is another Italian place. But so even good. remember that, like it was just a little starter salad of it was yes. just arugula, olive oil, lemon juice and Parmesan. I don't even so like good. arugula, but it was amazing. The salmon was, so was amazing. Good. Like, we love that place. It's almost like a little house. We, like, told the guy, yeah, our our reporter friend recommended us. We told him her name. He's like, oh, my God. Like, the host, he was so, so good. So I really like those two places off the top of my head. Yes, that was um, that was absolutely amazing. What's the name um, of the barbecue place in Detroit, too? Because that's, like, that's a cross Slow Is that thing. Slow's? Is that Slow's yes. barbecue? Yeah. That's yeah, like that across, like the Guardians writers, Joe Noga really likes it. Chris Fedor really likes yeah. it. You tell someone that you're in Detroit, they're like, go to Slow's. That's the place to go. That was really good. Um, in San Francisco, um, the Boulevard is absolutely amazing. Love the Boulevard uh, in San Francisco. And I'm sure there's so many um, that I'm forgetting. Um, what's, is it Bistro? What's the Bistro in Chicago that it's, uh, I'm trying to think. In Chicago Bistro, which one? I don't think I've been to that. I've only made like one Chicago trip. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now. Maybe it's not even the I mean, same the com- as it I mean, was. The combine, and we could recommend four places in Indianapolis. <laughs> oh you God. know, like yeah. 
That's yeah. true. It's like these we're, places that we're in for longer. Yeah. Again, um, again, we're we're very fortunate that we get to go on the road and go to some of these places and uh, get it paid for by I mean, the place Perry we were. Obviously, we're Perry the, like, everyone talks about St. Elmo's a lot, but I know I. I love Harry and Izzy's, which they do share a kitchen because of the meatballs, which Mary Kay and I, we get those every time. The lamb, yes. I think they're lamb meatballs. So good there. Very good. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's get to Paxton's <laughs> question here. I got I to gotta pull it back up. I know that we sort of prepped for this, um, but I need to uh, I need to pull this up again. Okay, so if you're listening out there, you might you got to pay attention. There's this is a this is an activity, not a question. This is an activity. So Paxton gave us four numbers. Those numbers are 6, 12, 18, and 24. And then he gave us four activities. They are run miles, eat donuts, drink beer, write stories. We have to pick an activity and match it to the number. And you have to do that activity in 24 hours. So like if you pick... So his example, run six miles. You have to run six miles in 24 hours. Eat 12 donuts okay. in 24 hours. So, so you could like take a break from the running. It just has to be to done it. in like 24 yeah. hours. So I, this makes it I guess interesting. Let's, let's do it this way. Let's, um, should we go by activity or should we go by number? I think so. I think go we should go by activity. At a time. activity. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with run miles. Which one are you choosing? Thought about I, this a lot. I mean, I I know the answer to this one. This is yeah. Dan's well, a runner. Dan's a right. runner. So. I work out all the time, but don't run. And Mary Kay does a lot of walking. Yeah, but I've thought about it, and I think knowing it just has to be over twenty four hours, I think I could do twelve miles in twenty four hours. I think I could pull that off, and I think I want to save six for something else. You know, I'm, using, I'm with you. I'm using the big one. I'm using the big oh. one for this. You go for That's yeah. smart, Dan. Oh, taking out the You're big gun for this. this. Oh, my God. I don't think I could do 24, though. So Hayden Grove has done this charity thing where you run, like, one. You run 24 miles in 24 hours, basically. Yeah. He actually stopped and covered a brown scrimmage in the middle of it once. It was, <laughs> I forget what year that was. But, um, but I've also, like, I've run... I've run some marathons, so I know I can run that far in a much less than 24 hours. So I trust myself to still be able to do that. Um, so I would do, I would knock out because I know I can, I would say that I would run 24 miles in 24 hours. I, I think I, I'd be good there. I feel pretty confident in that one. I do sometimes um, half run and half walk. Um, so I can run a little bit. Um, but I certainly can't do 24 miles in 24 hours. That no. is not happening. Um, but I think I need to save six for something else too. So I'm going to go 12 miles in 24 hours. Okay. So you guys are both taking 12 off the board for running. Um, I'm taking 24 off the board. Okay. So now we move on to eat donuts. How many this donuts would struggling. you eat? And, 20, and so we still have eat donuts, drink beer, and yeah. write stories. Those are the three so, that are left that we have to divide here's the up. Thing, I think I have to use my 24 here and just house a two dozen donuts in 24 hours. I, I mean, could, I could you I'm eat? I'm going to go in diabetic shock. Like, you could eat a donut an hour, right? Just like That's casually. You could just, just grab, eat a donut like, an oh, hour. You know what? That's I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat a donut. It. 
just yeah. eat a donut an hour. I do think, I think that's what I have to do here. I think I have to go 24 donuts because I really want to save six for something else. <laughs> I, I have to go 24 donuts too. I have to, I, I mean, there are reasons, there are good reasons why I have to go 24 donuts. Um, so yeah, cause I really don't think I could, well, you know what, just to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go 24 stories. Wow. I'm going to go 24 stories. Okay. They, they could be short. They could be short. They could be short. I'm going to go 24 stories in 24 hours. I'm so what do are you that. doing for the donuts then? So for the donuts, I would then lower that to 18. I'll go 18 donuts and I'm 24 leaning, stories. I'm leaning towards 18 donuts too. Cause that would knock out my big, two big numbers. Like That's I was saying true. to Ashley, like you. I, I'm a snacker anyway, so like if I just didn't eat anything, like I would just absolutely eat a donut an hour, and I wouldn't even have to do it for 24. So plus I'm running 24 miles, so whatever yeah, I can eat, eat donuts, it's no big deal. Okay, so now we are on to let's see, drink beer. <laughs> so I still have six and twelve. Mary Kay, you have six and eighteen. No, I only have six. I have only have six left because I put. I oh, have yeah. eighteen. Yeah, donuts. yeah, because you did. You, yeah. you already answered the right stories. Okay, so drink beer. I'm just going to be honest. I am a lightweight when it comes to drinking beer. I have never been like the guy that can just sit down and just house like a twelve pack of like whatever. Never been that guy. Can't do it. This has to be six for me. This has to be the low number. Dan, I have been that guy. I have been that guy that could knock back 24 beers in 24 hours very easily. I think there were times when I probably did 24 beers in 12 hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Less than 24 hours. I was, I had, I inherited my dad's hollow leg. I was just able to drink a lot. And I am not a large person either. I mean, right? I don't look like I would be able to. Uh, drink that much, but I always uh, somehow managed to be able to do it. I don't know how I did it, um, but I did, and um, and I don't, I don't really like to do that anymore at all. I just kind of, you know, you do that enough times, and it's like, wow, I can't remember where the car is parked. <laughs> Um, Which is probably a good thing, but <laughs> exactly. yeah, exactly. it's probably a good thing. Yeah, unless you need to sleep in it. But right, anyway, right. I, I digress. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go with six beers because now that would even be a struggle for me. Yeah, and you guys, you guys referenced it on another one of these AMAs, the whole bourbon Dan thing. Part of that is because. <laughs> oh, I- yeah. Like yes. when we're when we're at the combine yes. and Scott or somebody is just bringing back like Bud Lights for everybody, I can only do so many. I just can't. I, yeah, I, can't. So I gotta I gotta take the low number on this. Um, I'm going with six. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chaotic and say eighteen. I think I could do it if it's a really light beer. If it's like a really light beer, if you're telling me I have to drink eighteen Natty Lights in twenty four hours, I'm not gonna have fun. But I'm going to do it and, like, be fine, ultimately, at the end of the day. And then I only have to write six stories. See, I like to picture this as all happening in one day, too. Like, Paxson says, one day I have to do all these things. I think that's going to be the most feasible. And I think that's how I first thought of the question. I don't know if that's what he meant. Well, he does say, 
he does say all have to, all must be done in 24 hours. So maybe yeah, so if it's a one maybe it is everything period, in one. If it's a one 24 hour period, I'm thinking that's what he meant. I have to be writing only six stories. We have to be writing six stories, and they have to be like 200 words. I can't without, wait to read. Yeah, 200 I can't wait words. to read those stories. 18 yeah, beers. After then. I've written 18 beers. <laughs> yeah, I've drank 18. After I've written, I can't. I sound like God. I'm talking so like I've started that that uh, mission already. After I've so drank I'm left 18 with 12. Beers. I'm left with 12 stories. I think I can do 12 stories. Yeah, you can, can do, do 12 that. stories. That's. I want to see Ashley run. Um, 12 miles after drinking 18 beers. We're splitting these up. We're doing that thing. I've seen it as like a stupid TikTok thing where people do it, where they run a mile and then drink a beer. I feel like I would be so sick, but I think I would run the mile at the beginning of the hour and then give myself like 10 minutes and then drink the beer, but not too close to when I have to run the next mile. There you go. Okay, great question, Paxton. Great question from all of you. I know we didn't get to every single one, um, but you know, we'll uh, we'll try and do another one of these down the road. But just kind of a fun way to spend a, a Friday here. Full disclosure: we're actually recording this on Tuesday, but uh, a fun a fun listen here on a Friday. I hope on our Ask Us Anything Orange Brown Talk podcast. Okay, you know about Football Insider. That's where all these questions came from. The blue banner at the top of the page to get texting, a newsletter, and access to those stories behind the paywall at cleveland.com slash browns. Again, it's that blue banner. Find us on YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com there. And also find us on Instagram. Uh, Just search Orange and Brown Talk, and you can give us a follow there. We will be back next week. Obviously, no post-game pod, so we will be back at some point probably later on Monday uh, into Tuesday with a Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast, and then we'll get back on our normal schedule coming out of the bye week uh, next week. So just get subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mary Kay and Ashley, get ready to eat those donuts, drink those beers, write those stories, run those miles. I will uh, talk to both of you later.